0: Hello, this is the Drama and Language Teaching Podcast. This is a podcast for language teachers, theater practitioners, drama and education researchers, and anyone else interested in teaching and learning languages with drama and theater. My name is Stefanie Giebert. I'm the co-organizer of the Drama and Education Days, an international conference on performative language teaching and learning. And I'm the host and producer of this podcast. And it's been a really long time. There's a promise, however, to make this podcast more regular again. I'm currently producing a number of new episodes that will hopefully go online in the next couple of months. The current episode was actually recorded in the midst of the pandemic, in autumn 2020. For various reasons, a change of job, a move, and not to forget a pandemic and all that it entailed and still does I did not have the time to edit it before now. However, I think the topic is still as current as it was in 2020. My two guests, Anke Steva Blahak from the University of Hannover in Germany, and Celia Weber from Columbia University in the US, explore the topic of how to integrate controversial issues, mostly along the lines of race, gender, and sexuality in drama-based language teaching. They share their experiences and discuss how different teaching contexts shape what you can do. We talk about risks and if you should indeed ask students to engage with critical topics in the language class at all, realizing that we have probably more open questions than ready answers, I hope. And I'm actually pretty sure that this podcast is going to provide some interesting thought for you. Now I will actually hand over to my guests and let them introduce themselves. Celia, please.
1: I'm so yeah, Weber. Um, I'm currently teaching as a lecturer in German at Columbia University in New York City. Um, I'm originally from Germany, uh, but I've been in the United States for 20 years now and also did my PhD here at Indiana University, um, focusing on the intersection of performance and language learning and applied linguistics. So that's kind of my special field. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and Anke, can you say a few words about yourself? Mm-hmm. My name is Anke stöber blahack
2: and I'm a coordinator of the uh, German section the, of Leibniz Language Center. This is our new name. We don't have the name Fachsprachenzentrum anymore. <laughs> so uh, we have this international name, Leibniz Language Center. Um, yeah, and. My I, I did my PhD um, on exploring um, how poems can be used for uh, teaching um, s- vocal conversation. On this way, or by it this way, I came to theater, performance, uh, drama, ped- pedagogy, and so I'm now in this field. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, and I came you. there
2: because I'm a
0: language teacher. Okay, and well, I asked you both here at the same time because um, I had the feeling that you are currently concerned with very similar topics and issues. At least I heard you at two different conferences or colloquia um, giving giving talks, and I thought, oh, okay, it seems as if they both look at the same thing but from different angles with different different approaches different ideas and I thought okay, maybe I can have a, like a joint interview with you both and it turned out you know each other anyway so and the topic that maybe I'll just give in in my own words a very short introduction and then I would leave it to you because um, I think you're sort of you have more to say on this topic. I'm just curious about it I'm puzzled about it um, but I would love to hear yeah what what you both found out so far what your experiences are and what your your questions also still are about about this and so i'll i'll start with anke who gave a talk on i'll translate this from german um on on, on values in language teaching werte im fremdsprachenunterricht and taboo topics in language teaching and drama based language teaching so that's what i heard from anke who who told us about some very particular experiences in one of her recent drama courses, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Zilia, I heard at the scenario research colloquium where, where you had such a nice title the or a nice subtitle. <laughs> <laughs> um, a series of mysteries was the subtitle mm-hmm. um, and performance pitfalls and possibilities, inclusion and equity in the classroom. And I love this series of mysteries um, because apparently it's a topic where we have more questions than answers. Okay, starting to think about, can I both bring you into into this? Um, Then I did a little bit of research on, I started with just the word taboo topic and FLE or language teaching. And I found that there is a little bit of research on that in, in, in Germany. So, For example, currently there's a survey among trainee teachers, what they think about taboo topics in English language teaching. I don't know the results yet, so the survey is ongoing. Um, there were a couple of conference posters from recent years about stereotypes or about taboo topics. Should they be addressed in language teaching? Yes, no. Which ones? Or more practical articles, blog articles, teachers reflecting on this. So that's that's one 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 angle. And I thought taboo topics often have to do with aspects of inclusion and equity and it seemed to me so many of my ideas are also still pretty vague i have to admit that maybe these topics are taboo because they touch on people's value systems and also on critical topics like inclusion exclusion equity equality who is equal who isn't who has rights to what and that's where i thought okay there is a connection but before yeah, before we start and before I turn to you, uh, maybe we talked about this right now at the start, is in which language are we going to have this conversation? And then we, we decide, or I said, okay, can we do this in English? Even though we are actually all Germans. Um, but talking about inclusion, um, it, it is probably English that will let us reach the, yeah, the largest number of listeners. So um, that's why we chose a language which is not not all our mother tongue, Um, but we might occasionally switch back into into German. So there's our first aspect of inclusion, I think. I'd like to know how you two, how or where your interest or your concerns with these topics started? Where does your interest um, in these topics come from? I don't know. And I know Anke had a very fairly concrete experience, maybe you can tell us about that?
2: Yeah, the question of what exactly do I teach is always in my mind when I'm teaching. But it's not that I'm always thinking about it. it it's, not, it's not present, always. But um, last year I had a course uh, where It was um, some sort of coming coming out uh, story. A young 17-year-old man made some experiences and he found out at the end that he was gay, he is gay. He had different different, uh, experiences and they were shown. And it it was originally, it is a novel and it was put into a a theater play in in Hanover and uh, and I choose this uh, theater play f- uh, as a basis for my course. I have a I I developed a course concept uh, with together with uh, Berbel uh and it is a, a, some sort of collaboration between theater uh, in Hanover, the the state theater and the uh, language center. So I go with with my course with uh, the students. I go into one play and we, uh, we, we develop our own play on the basis of this play. Werbe said it, it's like a, like a, like a comment okay. from the students to this play. And this, the, the play I choose was um, uh, Nackt über Berlin, written by Axel Ranisch. I, I, I have to mention this because the author himself is gay And uh, we saw um, a reading he read uh, himself. He came to to the theater and he read uh, out of his novel. And he is a very good performer (laughs) and he's a very good reader. And um, so the students saw this man. They were informed about the theater play. They saw the the theater play and then they uh, developed their own play. Mm -hmm. And in the theater play, there, there are several themes, um, family, uh, teacher, school, and it was uh, f- being gay, finding out that he was, uh, he was gay. And uh, after this play, uh, when we saw this play, I asked the students what was what topics did you men- did you did you see? And they they had a list of topics, and they choose four. The friendship was another one. They they ch- uh, choose these four topics, and one of these was being gay. So it was not the only theme, but it was. One was which is uh, which was very uh, dominating in the in the play. And what was interesting for me, it, it was an international course. There were students from China, from Iran, but also from Europe, uh, Polish uh, students and French. Mm-hmm. And they they had very different views on being gay and very different experiences from almost nothing to it's just normal. And uh, it was, to me, it was very interesting to watch these, the people in the course dealing with this theme which was um, for some very new and for some not. Yeah, there was always in my mind this one special theme where Two boys, one from one from Iran and one from China, they choose uh, finally the the roles of uh, two gay young men who wanted to live together, and they had absolutely no idea what it is or what is what it what it means to be gay. And they were sitting in the in the middle of our classroom, and they discussed how can we show that we are gay. Mm-hmm. And to me, it was like, uh, like a, a goosebump <laughs> uh, because it was so, they were curious, they wanted to know, they, they discussed it with each other but also with the rest of the, the, the class. And there were no, no, I, I cannot say there were no prejudices but, but it was really, they wanted to know, they had a question. And for them, it was very surprisingly for themselves, too. And of course, there were scenes where they were, they felt awkward, where they felt embarrassed. And there was, the way out of that was laughing. (laughs) They laughed together. They they never laughed about somebody, but Mm -hmm. they laughed with each other. When it was too embarrassing, (laughs) they, they laughed and, it was one of, well, it was an experience which, which was really touching. And, for example, because I saw that in your, in your um, presentation, Silvia, yeah, there were, to me, there were no, they, they were out of their comfort zone, everybody. And they, they were looking for something new for an experience that was new, new for them. And that this was not fixing roads or fixing uh, uh, prejudices, but it was really coming out of it. And I was, my idea was to, to, to my point of view, theater playing this, giving them this, um, this opportunity to play in role in a, in a theater, to find their roles themselves, is in a very, very good way, dealing with these questions uh, giving them the opportunity to, to discuss with each, each other and to find out something new. But I think this is possible because it was an international course. And there were very different uh, angles and very different uh, experiences together. And there was an atmosphere in this course that uh, they, they were not afraid of asking, of being weak. Uh, of, I don't know. Uh, this, uh, this, 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 um, in this theme, for example, when they discussed how to, how can I show that I'm gay? So, for example, one one said, well, I could, I could wear a pink shirt, and then somebody else said, hmm, but maybe um, this is too easy. Uh, maybe this is a prejudice that not every gay man wears pink shirts. But it was not me who had to say that, but the course itself, the the people uh, in this, the the students uh, themselves, they discussed it. And so I was in the beginning when I was preparing this course, I was really afraid of situations. I thought, well, what what would I do if somebody would be a homophobe? What what would I do? And well, I, I just started, I had no answer for that. And then uh, it turned out that it was not necessary, uh, that, that it was not my role. And in the end, there uh, I, I, I ended with with uh, many things. I, I really, up to the end, I don't know. I don't know if really somebody was gay in the course. Nobody outed himself or herself. So I don't know. Um, I don't know if... Uh, if people are re- were really touched uh, in their in their center, I, I, I just don't know. I had I have impressions, mm. but I I was not I did not ask them. I didn't want to come closer than I already was to them. Mm. But I think it's not necessary. I think it it was um, a very good, yeah, experience, and I thought that um, coming back to my question in the beginning. What do I teach? If I would have stood there as a teacher in front of my students and told them about homosexuality or other sexual orientations, I'm very sure I would not have got these results. It impressed Mm me. We we played our our play, uh, what we created, uh, and Everybody was moved and touched, mm. and so I'm. 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 I think it was a, a very good um, example for what theater can do. What uh, Celia said um, it, with this equal voice space for experimentation does not equal voice, not necessarily, <laughs> mm. but it's possible. Mm. And much more, what, 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 what was uh, disturbing me when, when I read about this, this taboo topic is that we didn't talk about these taboos, we didn't talk about it at all. We tried to to play it and we, we tried to find out uh, how it is. So they changed their mindsets, mm-hmm. they really did. Not everybody in the course, for some it was not necessary at this point. But some, mm. but it was no pressure, and it was not me who did it. But it was the play, it was Axel Ranish, uh, it was uh, the other students. So it was a lot of, it was a, b- a bunch of things. But they, I did not put any pressure on the, on on somebody. You have to put the, take this role. They they choose it themselves. They uh, they developed uh, it uh, themselves, and they. I, I'm, I'm really sure, I'm absolutely sure they changed their, their mindsets. And I think this is something, theater is possible to do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely sure if, uh, if I think about an, an, a normal teaching situation, if I would go into a class and, and tell my students, today we talk about taboo. So what do you think about homosexuality in your country? Uh, or, so it would not work. In this way. And then I, I would think they would repeat their own mindsets and they would stay in their comfort zones and they would stay in their prejudices. So yeah, I yeah. had a question to you, did you have a, a, a practical background uh, behind your, uh, your speech here?
1: I was referring to different, different experiences from different courses um, oh, okay. over time, so, but definitely from speaking from my own experience. Yeah. Um, so what started me on thinking about um, equity, inclusion, diversity, and in language teaching um, wasn't a, also a particular experience that I had, but where I was not the teacher, I was a participant in um, improvisational theater projects that was led by black students at Indiana University in 2014, 2015. I kind of stumbled into this um, because I was looking for improvisational theater to, to, to look at um, and to learn from. And Gus Valcek sent me to this place and said, oh yeah, they're doing something there. And I had no idea it was a call out meeting um, where they were looking for participants. And so I was in this call out meeting, like one of three white people in a room full of um, students of color. And I'm like, okay, what am I doing here? And so it turned out they were preparing or planning on a social justice oriented improvisational improvisational theater project for Martin Luther King Day. And then I was like, should I even be in this? (laughs) But I decided if they were going to have me, I was going to be in there because I knew I would learn a lot. And so I stuck with the project through rehearsals over three months and through the performance. And um, really learned probably as much as I haven't learned in any other three month period in my life. Um, Because not only could I see um, the the students shaping. improvisational scenes about their experience of black community and social justice um, in all its complexity. Um, But I could also see how people interacted in the theater space, um, what the perception of time was and how people came in and reported um, just daily harassments that they'd experienced on campus or in town. Um, which was just their daily life and they shared it with each other before we began so you know so they just would be out of their mental space um, during the rehearsal and um, so I was kind of on the margins of all that and participated but tried not to take up too much space because you know it was really not not the environment where I was central and um, I participated in the performance and I could tell that in the beginning the white participants were kind of eyed from the side with some um, some trepidation because of the power differentials that exist between black and white people in and, and the U.S. And, and so when they saw that we stuck through it um, and kind of adapted to the space and um, then we were, we were accepted into the group and um if you do improvisational theater you also people have to trust each other with their bodies you know you interact physically you interact emotionally and um so I was really grateful that there were people who actively tried to include me in the group and so this was a learning space and that felt a lot more healthy to me than my very white department that I was really in and supposed to be doing exams in my graduate school program ads. um, And I figured out that it was partially because um, vulnerabilities like commitments to family, um, work requirements, um, illness, whatever, could be brought into the space and talked about. Discrimination could be talked about because it was just the reality for those people. And and it was acknowledged and it was, you know, it was clear to everybody that those things would affect how we worked in the theater space. And in my department, we never talked about personal stuff. It was just academic. Basically, you know, among graduate students, you would you would talk, but you you would not really get into personal stuff or discrimination or talk about race or anything like that. And so it was a space that also felt healthier to me because all that was on the table and so I came back to my department I started reading about. um, About inclusive teaching about anti racist teaching and I brought some of the ideas back to my department. And one of my colleagues said well, why do we need to include more diverse materials, why do we need to make all those changes we basically only have white students. Um, And in the US, Germans still, if you look at German classes at the university, in many places, that is the reality. We have mostly white identifying students. And so (laughs) We have this tension between what do we teach, just like Anke was saying, what do we teach and who do we teach it to? And what is our responsibility as teachers? And um, so Since that experience, I've been trying to think more systematically about how do I include um, topics of diversity and in the classroom, how do I make my space more equitable? How do I make it into a space where people will feel free to talk about their vulnerabilities and talk about power differentials and interact with with them in a way that's productive? Um, And I don't disagree with Anke that theater can do that, ideally. I agree with that. And I've seen that happen in my classroom. Um, My classroom is not um, totally drama based. I teach undergraduate language classes um, that usually have fairly fixed syllabi and very dense syllabi. Um, So my classroom is more like, okay, we'll, we'll squeeze in one and a half days of process drama here and we'll do this and we'll do this in a dramatic way and we will you know, come up with creative backstories for characters or we'll develop something in writing. It's not a totally theater-based space usually. Um, and so, especially in that context, um, you run into the problem that you cannot develop a topic over weeks um, in a dramatic sense. And so I think when you when you have that time and space um, to develop things like you did in the, over a whole course over a semester, um, the openness that you develop in a the theater space is productive in the sense that you can that it's more that it's more easy to come to the kinds of productive interaction that you experienced in your course. Um, I still think that there is a lot of risk involved in terms of people coming with stereotypes in their heads and just acting them out. And uh, it's something that I've, that I've seen, even in just little skits where people, um, you know, there was one example where we had people in a train station waiting room, this was our scenario, and they were supposed to just start a conversation and they had kind of thought about their characters beforehand, who they would be and where they were going and why they were going there. Um, but then basically they had to start a conversation from scratch and so what they did was they came up with relatively stereotypical persons that they were representing for example there was an old man and the old man was kind of nationalistic and he tinkered with cars and um, you know he liked doing this and that and um, those Stereotyp- stereotypical portrayals are not always damaging, but the question is you know how, how do we deal with that? And in that case it was fairly benign but um, if you're talking about what you call taboo topics like race and sexuality and um, and also gender and in terms of gender portrayal, I've seen some fairly stereotypical things happen um, in, in dramatic contexts. And the question is then, how do you shape the space in such a way that it's unlikely to happen, <laughs> or more unlikely to happen? And if it happens, how do you respond and how do you work through it with your class? Because we, we have relatively polarized opinions on some things. Um, and some people really believe that homosexuality is wrong. They don't come with, you know, I don't know how this works. They come with, I don't want to know anything about it. Um, this is this god god said it's wrong so i'm not going to deal with it i'm Mm. just not going to read this you know Mm. that's what i would be facing in some of my classrooms that people already come with the opinion i don't even want to touch this topic because it's so you know it's so negative for me um and the same thing with with and then also we have stereotype threat which is um concept um, like men called steel um the idea that if we know we have power dynamics in the classroom between certain groups, um, then there are certain expectations how they will behave um, that, that threatens how we interact. So for example, if we're in a classroom where, as I've had several times, we have one or two black students and a bunch of white students, then we have this tension between people who expect to be stereotyped um, and how do we behave in the face of that? You know, there are expectations how about how black people might be, or how white people might be. You know, might have different, might have negative opinions about black people. And so, to deal with those um, preconceptions and the fear that arises from them um, in interaction, I think that's really hard. And that's also something that bleeds into drama spaces where um, people will just be afraid of, of um, creating because they know there's this difficult and contentious space there. And so that for me is one of the dangers as well, that, that the, what, you were, what you were talking about, Anka, this, this open exploration, what does it mean to be gay? Um, that's a nice thing to happen, but I think in many cases, The openness for that just isn't there, in my experience, Um, because people are so afraid of hurting each other, and in some cases, for good reason. Yeah. Um, So yeah.
2: But the good thing is, uh, in uh, was in 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 my course that there was a variety of topics they could choose. They were not forced to choose homosexuality, Mm -hmm. but they they could also choose, for example, example family life. And they could choose friendship. So what? What I think was which is dif- difficult if uh, when like like in the when the the scenery you described when it is the only topic they should talk about. If somebody doesn't want to talk about homosexuality, I think it's okay. I think it's not okay to force someone in, in a language course to, to to open himself for new ideas for, uh, about homosexuality.
1: Yeah, I kind of disagree with that. I mean, I wouldn't force people to focus on one topic exclusively. I mean, that's mm-hmm. not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that, um, I mean, the, the scenes I was talking about where where race would come up, people mm-hmm. didn't. Always have to directly deal with it. You know, that Mm. was not something I made up all the time.
0: Mm. But
1: they are dynamics that tend to come up when you make up characters, period. Mm. Um, Mm. It's just something that happens because it's a factor in human interactions. It's a factor in the classroom. Mm. And I think if we ignore that and just leave people to choose what they do, then they will retreat to entirely safe positions where they talk about things that really don't matter at all. No. and I mean, that's that's my experience, really. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they they just withdraw into things that are unproblematic, and then you'll have like you know you will have people who play with with harmless things, like they're talking, you know, they're they're playing at stereotyping millennials and their cell phones. You know, that's a safe thing; nobody gets hurt mm-hmm. by that, and they will do that. Um, but they will avoid anything that touches on difficult topics in my experience because um, they're afraid of running into actually having to deal with them. And I also think it's my responsibility as a teacher to bring up difficult topics because it's part of what we need to learn about different cultures as well. It's part of language learning. I mean, Germany is not white. Germany is multicultural. So we need to talk about diversity in Germany. How do we do that without talking about race? I mean, we have to handle it somehow. We have to talk about differences in in sexual orientation and gender identity um, even if just because our students have diverse gender identities and sexual orientations um, and they're not going to be represented i'm not doing them any favors if i stick to basically what's in the textbooks which have to cater to you know um, the lowest common denominator in terms of um, harmless topics so we're not getting that from the textbooks Um, and so I think there is a responsibility to deal with those topics, um, whether people are comfortable with them or not, but then we have to make them productive in some way. Um, and not so that people just say, oh my God, we're, we have to talk about this. this is not good. Like you were saying, I mean, um, forcing people into you know, an, an abstract discussion about it is, yeah, I, I don't think I find that very helpful either. Um, but then the question is, how do we create spaces where that actually becomes productive and where people do confront the topics, you know? And it happened for you because you brought in a play that was about homosexuality and it was a major topic. And so um, that's that's an, an act of encouragement for them to pick up the topic and they did. And so that's a very good strategy. Um, but what I'm saying is you people couldn't really opt out of the topic either. It was just in their face because that's what the play was about to a good extent. Um, how much they then work with it is a different thing but they talked about it in class um, because some people t- chose to pick it up. Um, so yeah, in and, and one way or another, I think we have to bring the topics up, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah I, th- I think you, the teaching context probably mm. matters quite a bit i mean you mentioned the different time mm. frames that you had like a whole semester and cilia just sort of several single class periods i think that that's certainly something that plays a role and um and i i guess probably also the the how the student well the makeup of the student of the student um body if if Anka said she had an international mix of students and I guess, Silja, your students are American or whatever. No, they're (laughs) They're mixed, mixed. yeah. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. So, okay, then maybe that that is uh, not such a difference. On the other hand, well, maybe that's not a difference either. I thought maybe because uh, in Anka's class, these people came to Germany um, and in your case, they're they're still in the US. But learning German is that?
1: I does mean, that, that make a difference or not really? Yeah, pro- probably makes a little bit of a difference in terms of that. Um, people in Anka's class chose to take a theater class, you know, a theater-based class, and they knew that. Um, yeah. And so that that certainly makes a difference. Also, the second language environment um, is different than a foreign language environment. That's certainly true. Um, we we do have pretty diverse groups of students here in terms of where they Mm. come from and also with very different ideas about what's okay (laughs) Mm. to talk about and how to talk Mm. about it. So um, we have that in common, but I think there is a big difference also between just the location in the US versus in Germany Mm. because the discourse about about confronting difficult topics and controversial topics here is very different than it is in Germany. Um, Germany is just beginning to talk about race. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really talking about disability in the mainstream discourse at all. Um, on the other hand, heterosexuality and homosexuality and being queer has been a topic, you know, an unpro- a relatively unproblematic topic for a long time while here in the u.s it's still hotly contested because of religious background um that mm-hmm. many people have and so i think which topics are um problematic topics is very different um just in terms of the cultural context and also in terms of how um maybe i could say how innocent people are about what can go wrong because i think in germany this does got, these conversations are just um, taking off in the mainstream. And so there's a lot of, okay, now we have to talk about this. We're gonna do it somehow. Um, And in the US, this conversation has been going on for decades. And so people know how badly people can get hurt um, over it and how contentious it can really become. And so I think there is a different, um, different tradition of discourse there. Um, yes. Okay. Um, yeah. Makes sense. So that makes a difference, I think. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And these questions were really
2: present when I prepared this course. I really thought a lot about if I if I could choose this play or not, and what implications were would would could be in there. And um, yeah, I was I was surprised at the end how easy it was. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was not it was not only these two men who were uh, homosexual, but we they the course developed a whole variety of of uh, uh, sexual uh, orientation questions. There was one woman, the mother of one of uh, these uh, young men was left by her husband because her husband was turned out to be gay. So she was, she was uh, very upset when she found out that her son was gay because she was already she, very hurt by her husband who was gone. And another woman in uh, one of these, uh, the sisters of, of one of these persons was bisexual uh, and had a, a, a relationship to a man and a relationship to a woman. This was what the cause developed besides this these two men, and uh, within this uh, family cosmos, they created. Mm. Um, so they had very different angles uh, from which they they looked upon this this topic, and it was really amazing uh, how they came with all these uh, all their um, their social impacts and their cultural impacts on their shoulders, and they they brought this in this classroom and they developed something very new
1: yeah and then the question i think becomes is if you actually have people who are um homosexual queer lesbian trans in yes. such a classroom what mm-hmm. happens to them and this is um mm-hmm. i think a real question um, that you have to kind of trace over the whole course of a semester, of course, um, because you know you you develop space together. You de- you develop some kind of trust, and then you can explore. But um, for me, it becomes it really becomes a question: How do people who are actually personally impacted by by this um, feel about it? And I don't know. Um, In this case, I yeah, I just don't know. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's something we have to we have to kind of look at because i mean i've i've seen for example people of color in spaces where white people were actively exploring their ideas about race and it's terribly uncomfortable and hurtful for Mm -hmm. them oftentimes because the white people are can be very naive about certain things and then they're all excited about you know now we're going to learn what it's like to be a person of color and actual people of color sit by and think like Uh, mm, No, and and so for me, the question is, who is learning something at that point in time? Um, You know, in in my classes, if I I have a majority white class, um, there is this question, do I I encourage the class to explore race? And then mostly it's going to be white people discovering their ideas about people of color. and people of color in that class will have to watch that and have to endure them learning and not being very smart about it sometimes and sometimes being hurtful. Mm-hmm. Or do I frame this in a way that I assume the knowledge of, you know, that, that, I, that I, how do I do this? Um, because at that point, I'm just teaching the white students, you know. Um, I'm not teaching the, the students of color because they know what it's all like. You know, I'm not teaching them anything and I would not want them to have to teach the other students either. I can't Mm. say, you know, you're the representatives of this group and now you're going (laughs) to teach us how this is. Um, I can't do that either. You know, Mm. so the question is, where is the balance between, okay, we have to learn about this, but we have a diverse group and some of our group know all about this. They don't have to learn about it. And also they shouldn't maybe be exposed to other people kind of naively exploring those structures of discrimination which can be hurtful. So that's kind of a very, very difficult balance which I don't have ultimate answers to but um, that I've started thinking about more and more in in different contexts where there are power differentials in the classroom already.
2: But do you choose these topics uh, and when you prepare your lessons, do you choose these topics and and uh, say, okay, I will, I will, this would be a topic of this semester? Do you do that, or do you wait until it develops, or
1: how how does it come into your classroom? Or oh, both ways? I mean, um, I try to thread a little bit of all kinds of diversity topics through the whole semester because if we just do it as like a multicultural studies unit for example (laughs) that's kind of isolating it and putting it in a ball okay this is a separate thing that we're talking about so i don't want that um so what i do is i weave perspectives from um people of color or from queer people or i weave like queer characters into my into the grammar exercises whatever you know Um, so whenever I can, I include them, or I include a poem by an author of color in German-speaking context, whatever. Um, so that's the materials part. Um, I I try to um, strategize my pedagogy so that um, I can support people who um, who come from different cultures. I mean that's a strategy part, and we could have a long conversation about that in terms of just how the course is set up and what gets evaluated, but. Um, but also um, I will bring up specific topics and say, you know, um, for example, we have a unit on um, deal, how Germany deals with its past right now. Um, and so what I will do is, okay, yeah, now we have this great conversation about you know, how Germany deals with its past in the Second World War. Well, are we talking about colonialism at all? Um, <laughs> um, and that's a conversation that in Germany is just now starting um, to become a serious um, conversation and that for decades has just not been there, even though people of color in Germany have pushed for it. And so I include that. Yes. How many and
2: hours do you see your students in a week?
1: It depends. Uh, some classes are 75 minutes, three times a week, and some are two hours twice a week. So that's so a
2: very, very long time a
1: week no um it's it's not a huge amount of time per week um and so you know the and the, the question is then how do you bring in drama spaces into into that kind of work and um i do it occasionally right now i don't do it very much because the silver i very tight but when i have space for it um i will um I will have to carefully think ahead of time what kind of space I want to create for them to explore Mm. and how I can encourage different levels of participation so that people actually do have a way to step back and say, okay, this is getting really uncomfortable for Mm. whatever reason, and also have to plan in a lot of reflection time in terms of um, stopping and after you know a scene or half a scene or saying okay what did we just create how did we um, shape our characters and have that conversation um and i think that's in the end that takes up more time than the actual drama Mm -hmm. because we have to think about how how do we create um, a scenario how do we create um, a fictional world um Even when I try to set up the space in a way that doesn't encourage stereotyping or that encourages tries to encourage productive engagement with certain concepts or. Mm. With a scenario and we still have to do all those reflections and say Okay, what did we just do what did we assume when we built these characters, how did the power structures work, and so um, I think that's a really important part of of doing drama that we play it and we explore, but then we have all those reflection. And you had that with your students as well, because they were talking about, you know, how did we do this? Um, The other thing is that my level at at which I teach German is probably also slightly different from yours because I teach um, mostly into intermediate level. And so um, the German that we have available for doing drama is still quite fragmented. And so mm. we have the tension between, do we do this in the lingua franca, which is English, which would mm. take us away from German exposure in this limited time that we have in class per week, or do we do it in German and then risk a lot of misunderstandings? Mm. Um, so that there is that as well.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really, that's also something that I, I mean, I've been kind of probably avoiding critical topics in, in my classes. I mean, I have multicultural classes and um, I've not been, I, I guess I've not been brave enough to yeah, bring in topics that might be controversial or that might lead to a situation where we would really need to take an hour or so to talk about it. Um, I mean, I also have only like shorter, I mean I don't have a theatre course I teach a language course primarily um and so when I do drama based units they're mostly on let's say safe topics harmless topics that don't really go into personal or yeah questions of race gender violence whatever but on the other hand I have this multicultural group and I sort of I feel that there are tensions between, I mean, I have students of different colors in my, in my class, and I sometimes do feel that there is, that there is some kind of tension and prejudices against the others, um, but I honestly don't know how to deal with that as just the language teacher. Mm-hmm. So, um, it was also one reason why, I, yeah, why, why I was so interested in, yeah, hearing from you, um, what your experiences are um, and so i don't have a lot a whole lot to contribute on this only that i can say i find it very difficult i think yeah, a wonderful James. option i have in in this concept
2: is uh, the zusammenarbeit collaboration the, co- uh, the collaboration with the with the state theater we have workshops in the theater with a the theater pedagogue. well they are they are responsible for bring theater into schools, usually. Mm-hmm. So they, they go into schools, they go into classes, and uh, they prepare uh, visits from uh, these classes in the theater. This is their job. And so they are trained- Community in, outreach. Yeah, and so they are trained in teaching theater to people and preparing uh, such theater visits. and. I think this is really the more I think about it, and the more I, I discuss it with with, with other um, teachers, it's really wonderful because um, the the theatre play we have as uh, as a background it gives many many opportunities for students. Where what what I try to do in the beginning is to to uh, connect the 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 play and the idea the main ideas of the play with the reality of the students i try to find some connections this year i i'm very very brave this year i try to make I, I i will give my theater course online partially online no idea how it will work out it will start next week oh. <laughs> and I have revitalized the the collaboration with with the theater pedagogue, who is new now in in our theater, and the new topic will be uh, violence. Uh, It's uh, the the story of a young woman uh, of 70 years, she will will turn 18 during the, the play, and she uh, with two two friends, she is Turkish with Turkish background, and with two uh, girlfriends, uh, they they beat up a, a student. They can beat up or an They are beaten. Mm. They they attack? themselves the girls mm. and they they, they are attacked and they kill the students in the end. Uh, they beat the students up. Okay. Yeah. Oh. So and so uh, it, it it's it's real brutal violence and. Mm-hmm. It is the question: How comes this violence into this young girl, and how does she deals with it? It's it's uh, divided into this this, group. and so I'm 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 not sure what what this cause I will now expect, I haven't seen it yet what they will make out of that. It's another very very new, uh, topic, but. The more I do that, the more confident uh, I am in this in this concept uh, that I, I make. It's like an offer. I offer this play and the roads and what it, it's it's a way to see the world and to deal with the world. And now the students can give a comment to that.
1: With the violence, I do have a question. I mean, how? How would you make sure that if you have people who have experienced violence and have been traumatized by it, that they don't get hurt while the conversation in class goes on? I have no assurance to that. Yeah, but absolutely no assurance. Yeah, but do you have a way how you could trace how how people feel about the work in class at any given time and respond to it somehow? at least here that really wouldn't fly, especially now with, um, you know, the, the violent police violence and domestic violence that people have mm-hmm. in their backgrounds and generational mm-hmm. trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something I'm, I'm really, really worried about that, not in terms of the discourse that we have about, you know, triggering, um, that's misused a lot of the time in terms of, you know, people get triggered by the least low thing um but there is real trauma in the background of many students around Mm -hmm. violence and especially if you have people who who, um who are immigrants or may have gone through Mm -hmm. um, a refugee experience um i think we're not therapists as language teachers Mm -hmm. but i think we have to have some kind of um psychological Safety net that can catch people when they do this work, and so I'm. I'm just wondering how you're thinking about that. Good question. I will.
2: I will try. Well, I have to watch them carefully, which is much, much more difficult uh, when you do it uh, online. <laughs> uh, it's much easier in the call in in the classroom. I have to be aware, and I have to well see what what happens.
1: I wonder. You're if-
0: about online classroom.
2: Yeah.
1: No sorry yeah that too that, that that is the other part of this yeah
2: I have to be aware that this can, could happen I know that In my, I, I I thought about that yet now quite quite I'm sure deeply, you did, yeah. deeply deeply <laughs> mm-hmm. and and I try to 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 find ways out and again uh, like I well last last semester I was shortly. Well, before I, the semester started, I was so much afraid of what could happen <laughs> that I, I I wanted to 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 cancel it and and I didn't and I was I was very lucky that I didn't. So I think yeah, like Steffi said, you have to be brave.
1: Yeah, bravery is one thing, but I think there still have to be kind of safeguards around processing experiences. And I mean, one thing I could think of and that I that I regularly do with my classes is have them write journals um, about their experience of the previous week (laughs) in class and um, just what went well, what went badly, how did you feel about it, any concerns that you wanna bring up. And and I think that's one way of kind of tracking how people process what we do in class and that might be helpful in in Mm -hmm. that kind of situation Mm -hmm. as well, especially since we're online Mm-hmm. and it becomes difficult to always check how people feel you know on a screen you don't mm-hmm. always see what's mm-hmm. and even in the classroom i mean people don't always show their feelings you know mm-hmm. they may keep poker face and something totally different may be going on in their brain and in their yeah, hearts. And, so, and many
2: things you can't think in advance for example exactly. with the with the uh, topic homosexuality um, when i was in the middle of the course i had to give a speech here in the university uh, for other language teachers with refugees they were they were they were teaching with uh, refu- they were teaching refugees and uh, i i didn't have this in, in, in the concept of my speech but i uh, because i was so touched and so moved i, I just make an excuse. and and talked about that, told them what what I just experienced in this course. And later, uh, when uh, one of the, uh, when one man of the audience came to me and and told me that he was very, very much impressed and he found it very, very good what I did. And he said he himself was gay and he was a language teacher uh, internationally working and now he was uh, the head of one of the, the uh, language centers and one university here in Germany. And he said, yes, uh, I had a text in one of my classes uh, a few weeks ago about marrying, uh, marriage of, of uh, homosexuals. And when I, when I talked about this, this topic, one uh, of, I, I, I had a lot of work to do to uh, prevent one of my students to go uh, out and out himself as homosexual. And I was, I was surprised and I said, why do you want to prevent him? Why, do you, why don't you want him to, to, to talk about uh, to, that, he is, uh, that, that he is gay? And then he said, well, do you know how refugees live? He has to live in his refugee community here. And if he goes out and say, I'm gay, and it's no problem in Germany it is a problem in his community mm. and for example this was a, a, a side effect I, I haven't I didn't think about it before and it was not a problem in my cause but it could have been a problem and I would have not been aware of that mm. yeah. so but there are so many aspects I just can't see in advance so sometimes i have the impression i have i have to i have to jump in it and see what happens and try to be as honest and as well informed and as uh, sensitive as as possible for all what is coming and and what what i think was is very very important is to create an atmosphere of confidence in the course and up to now it was never ever any problem yeah and i hope it will it will it will continue even under this online situation that uh, i will i will i will be able I, I hope i will be able to create an atmosphere of confidence and and uh, yeah they, they they can feel sh- sure in 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 the course and with each other mm-hmm. i do a lot of well like like team building in the in the first lessons
1: yeah
2: i think this is very very important
1: yeah i agree and i as i'm certainly the last person who would say we shouldn't take any risks and just keep everything that's difficult and potentially hurtful out of the class i mean that's not what i'm saying certainly Mm -hmm. um but yeah you're right these are questions i have too we all have definitely too it's so this is
2: this is and i had I had one, one situation in one of my courses where I talked about homesickness, home, which is in one of the first uh, lessons I gave in this course, I had in this course, and suddenly one of the students jumped up and cried and ran out of the, the, uh, the room because he was so homesick that he couldn't, he couldn't stand there. And I was, I was shocked and, and I was, well, I thought to myself, this is what I never wanted to experience. Uh, and that's why I never did drama. And now I do drama and now I have this in my course. But it turned out that it was even, it brought the students more together. And one of the others followed him and uh, helped him out. And then he came back and I, I and i i I said to him do you want to talk about it and he said no and i said okay and then he sat there until he was uh, able to to participate again Mm -hmm. and it was no problem it was one of my beloved students most beloved students in the end so if you could
0: yeah which i think again is probably i think you can deal with it easier in a, in a theater course than in a language class where there's maybe 25 people who of whom at least half are focused on, okay, let's get this language taught, and I want my grade, mm-hmm. and okay. let's yeah. not talk about personal sensitivities. Yeah, and
1: also theater um, is, is about the body, and it's about the emotions, and people sign up for that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And as Stephanie was saying, in a language class, mm-hmm. that that is much harder to negotiate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, but still, my course is a language course.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but if people but it's it's
0: for- it's it advertised as a theater course, so I think that probably does make make a difference mm-hmm. because it's the conscious it's, decision it's, of students.
2: Uh, the title is wait, wait, wait. Mündliche Kommunikation mit Methoden des Theaters. No. Also mündliche Oral, com-
0: mm, oral Communication theater with
2: theatre methods. It's a method.
0: Mm. But it's in the title. It's in the title. Um, Whereas yes, in my yes. my class is German. Mm. Yeah. So mm. my students basically mm. are not aware, I mean, mm. when they and they have, have to start take that, that there might be theatre mm. and they have to mm. take it. And yeah. mine don't have to take it.
1: Yeah. And again, there is cultural differences in what, what students expect to be asked to do. I mean, um, here in the US, for example, in elementary schools, and uh, there is often a no-touch rule between students that the school imposes. And so they come, many students here that are from the US come with the idea that it's not okay to touch people in school. So um, if you're doing drama and there is any physical contact involved, there is a lot of people who immediately completely shy away from that. And because they, you know, that they have that, that's, that's a cultural thing here as well. And um, so I've run into difficulties with that when I didn't know about that. And, um, and also, never mind whether it's a language class or a theater class, I still think that um, the, the power differentials between the students is something that we that we should probably actively work with rather than ignore and I think that's that's one of my main questions how we do that. Um, well, I mean, we have this I didn't catch it. the power th- differentials between students like we have oh. race in the classroom we have. Um, you know, we have structures of dimin- discrimination in the classroom because we have a small slice of society in our classroom. And so um, how, how we deal with that um, is, I think, something that we have to address somehow. Um, and yes, I've had good experiences with drama in the classroom, just like you're saying, you know, I had one thing that I probably wouldn't do again, but that also went well, we had a, um, a drama um a process drama experiment where we're, this was an entirely white class um and we were simulating um kind of playing with the idea that we're new immigrants in germany and, part, and they could choose whether they are immigrants who've been there a while or immigrants who are completely new and so we had this town hall where basically immigrants who'd been there a while would inform the newer immigrants um, about things that they needed to know. And so we had the two groups prepare separately and prepare their characters, where they came from, why they came to Germany. And then I, you know, they prepared some of the, the older immigrant group, um, prepared some information on housing and on childcare on school and whatever. Um, and so then um, the newer immigrants eventually walked around and um, at different booths and asked the others for information and um, it was really interesting to watch because most of the time personal conversations about their individual backgrounds as immigrants ensued and so um, this was very helpful in terms of language it was also very helpful in terms of exploring how it might feel to do this in German which was the first feedback I got after that um, which was like this is so hard to do in German, and we are not even immigrants who actually have to do that. And then a lot of detailed questions came up about immigrant experiences. You know, do they? How high is the housing supplement? Does that take care of all your housing? Um, how well does integration in schools work? And so they came up with a lot of really productive, detailed questions about ex- actual immigrant experiences because they knew they did not have that experience. Um, um, and so it was helpful in that way. But I think, in a slightly different group, with a slightly different conf- um, situation among students, that could have gone entirely wrong in terms of okay, now we're stereotyping immigrants, um, we're making assumptions about the experiences that they have, we're um, talking, you know. Th- we were assuming that we now know how it feels to be them. And there might've been people in the group who had actual immigrant background who felt like everybody else was kind of making assumptions about them. And those were all things that I did not address because I was too naive to think about it that way. Um, this was relatively early in my teaching career. And I just thought, you know, we'll do this the drama, and I'll trust the process and it will go well. And it happened to go well, and it happened to come out productive, but it could very easily was just a little bit of difference in the dynamics. It could have gone entirely haywire. And um, so this is something that in the same format I would not do again. Um, I've I've heard since from, from people of color and from people who are immigrants to say, don't simulate those things because they just create, they create questions, yes, but they also create a lot of stereotyping, they create Situations where people who don't have the experience pretend they have the experience, and then they afterwards they tend to think they know more about it, which they don't really. And um, and you're recreating power structures in the classroom, and so um, it's it's really problematic for me to think about doing something like that now. Um, and you know, you can you can have arguments on both sides here in terms of you know this can turn out so productive because they had all these helpful questions afterwards that we could talk about and actually draw on um genuine immigrants experiences in germany and it led to that and kind of um had them empathize with the situation but then when you go deeper what are we really empathizing with here our own imagination of what it's like to be immigrants so you know there is a lot of room for um Things going wrong and people ending up with, um, yeah, with more confirmed ideas or with, with feeling good about themselves that they're not in that situation or you know just just a lot of problematic structures um, that we don't really address then afterwards as a well. rule and so um, yeah I've become I've become much more cautious about taking those steps and simulating things that, experiences that people don't really have as a group, so.
0: Definitely difficult. I mean, I've, I've not, I don't think I've actually tried it in my language classes. I mean, something um, like that happened when I was teaching trainee teachers and we tried something about immigration and then a student raised the question of, how can we even begin to imagine what these people really went through and, uh, and that sort of also got me sort of like thinking yes yeah I've probably also been a bit naive about it up to that moment um, and, and I mean I've, I've never done it in, in, in one of my language classes so this was um, just um, this one teacher workshop or teacher to trainee teacher workshop where this question came up and since then I've I've not worked with that topic again because I thought oh yeah okay you do have a point um hmm. but I don't have a, I don't have a solution I don't have an answer of yeah how to deal with it, how to but then that's I guess a, a, a general question with with, with drama um, because we are always asking people to imagine being, being someone else I mean of course as soon as power structures come in gets difficult mm-hmm. but it's a very it's a very basic question of drama I mean how far can I go or do I have to say, I cannot ask anyone to be anyone else because how would they know?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I guess it's going really, yeah, yes, taking it yeah. a bit too far. No,
1: yeah, no, but the, I mean, the broad discussion is going on in Hollywood as well. For example, who can play disabled characters, who can play queer characters, who can play Jewish characters. And, um, Mm -hmm. and so that is a big conversation that that this is related to as well. Um, And I don't think that's going too far out. um, That that really is a related conversation. Um, And, you know, you can, you can probably pour out the baby with a bathwater there, there there is a danger of that. But then there are some things that really, um, really make sense in terms of, you know, if you're not Hiring disabled people and then having an able-bodied actor play a disabled person—there um, is a power differential there. But yeah, um, it's it's hard to kind of draw those lines um, mm. with with any with any sense of confidence. Mm. And I I think it's just important that we have that conversation in those cases, mm. um, and 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 especially that we hear from the people who are affected by the power differentials. Mm. I mean, we're. Th- I'm assuming we're three white women sitting here talking about things that have to do with race and have to do with, you know, things that we may not be experiencing mm-hmm. at all. And so what I think um, is we, we need to hear more from the people who are actually affected negatively by discrimination on those power differentials that we're talking about with these taboo topics and then um, hear from them how they would handle that. Mm-hmm. Um, or how they would experience something that like, or how they do experience some of that. And, and, it's, and I think it's not enough to just talk to one person and say, um, you know, I did this, what do you think about that? And they say, oh yeah, it's fine. Um, but, but just genuinely read what they're saying about, you know, simula- simulations in class and theater and how to handle these kinds of structures um, in the classroom, um, And then listen to them because they have the experience from what for me mostly is the other side, which is (laughs) the side of discrimination. You know, I'm queer, but I'm not a person of color and I'm not poor and I'm not a refugee. And so I don't have those experiences. So I I think what I'm trying to do more and more is listen to the people who actually have those experiences and see how they view classroom dynamics. I had a a similar idea after this course uh,
2: with a homosexual theme. Um, I had um, um, an assistant here who had founded the queer student group in Hannover University. And uh, at the end of the course, I asked her if she would be willing to talk to the students about her life as a queer person at the uh, Hannover University, and uh, she agreed she wanted to do that. And then I asked the students if they would be interested in talk to such a person. And their very first reaction was, "Oh no, uh, this is uh, discriminating for this for this woman. It's not possible." Imagine this woman, she is all by herself, in front of our cause. No, 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 we don't want to discriminate her. And then I said, well, but I asked her if she would, if she would be willing to do that, and she agreed. And she, I asked her because she was already openly talking about it because she founded this queer group and they were in, in, in public, uh, it was, she was kind of public person. Uh, she she went to demonstrations and she 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 tried to she tries to to open uh, others for problems of queer persons. So, but I was I was very much uh, surprised about the reaction of of the students. And at first I thought they were discriminating her, but their uh, intention was to to. To protect her they, their very first idea was no we have to protect her mm. and finally she couldn't come because different reasons but uh it was not it was not because uh she she didn't want to. It a very very short period of time where this was possible and uh, finally it doesn't work but the idea was was interesting and i i would have loved to 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 follow this conversation Mm-hmm. Uh, and and see what what questions they, they would ask and, and how she would she would deal with it i had another uh, remark to the uh, to to what you said about uh, the immigration topic uh, one of my first drama courses was uh, about die nibelungen from hebel and this is also an immigration story and uh, yeah, uh, the, the main character, one, some of the main characters, they, they immigrated. Uh, I, I, I don't have the names of the characters now, but um, we started this course with uh, the word Heimat. What is Heimat for you? And uh, what would it mean to leave Heimat? And well, when they exchange students, they all have to leave their Heimat. And we had ex- uh, exchange students, but also immigrants. And it was very, very interesting how they communicated about that. And I'm, I'm, I'm not, well, my experience in, in my courses is that, like this example I gave you before, students are very sensitive and they really don't want to hurt each other. They don't want, explicitly not. And uh, I'm I'm wondering why you are so much afraid about uh, this this that they uh,
1: because well, yeah it, it's
2: it's a it's in different atmosphere, obviously it's a different atmosphere in 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 in, in, in maybe in the US, maybe in, in, in your courses, I don't know, in, in the among your students. Because my students, I, I I have no experience that they that they willingly hurt each other.
1: No, and I don't either. Okay. But but we're often naive enough to still do it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean <laughs> that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not okay. that people set out to hurt each other. I mean definitely not. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But you know we've we've had occasional examples where somebody is. Um, avowedly taking German because they sympathize with National Socialists. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've had that, but mm-hmm. that's the the exception. You know, that mm-hmm. really is the exception. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the in the Midwest, you will find that sometimes that people who are aligned with who want to learn German often uh, sometimes take it because they have right wing sympathies, and so they identify with that. But let's not talk about that because that's not my experience. Mm. My experience is really also that people don't want to hurt each other. Um, but that we are often naive about power structures and about um, stereotyping, um, you know, um, they students come in, they're like 19, 20 years old Um, and they may come from environments where they haven't been exposed to a whole lot of diversity, or they may just, you know, they may just have certain ways of thinking that they've grown up with through TV or whatever, um, and they just assume for the moment that those are correct, and so they may say things that hurt other people without knowing it, just like I as a teacher may assume things that I don't even know that I'm assuming and I'm hurting people with it. Mm-hmm. Like up to a couple years ago, three years ago, we weren't really talking about, um, you know, what pronouns do you like to use? That's something, personal pronouns, um, so that um, gender non-binary people and trans people are included who may use gender neutral pronouns in English. We didn't ask about that in the beginning. We introduced people on the first day of German class, we would say, yeah, er is, um, he is, or she is, her, her name is, his name is. We would just assume those things based on the names that we had for people, um, that we looked at them and saw they looked, you know, masculine or they looked feminine and their names looked that, like that. And so we assumed, you know, these are the gendered pronouns that we can use. Well, for a few years, we've, we've changed that now. We do surveys before class and ask people, what pronouns do you actually use in English? and um you know we we talk we introduce people in the first on the first day of class if we don't know what their pronouns are in english we introduce with that ist that is um you know so we don't assume gender and this is one of the things where i wouldn't even have thought that was a problem five years ago because i just didn't have it on my radar and since then i've learned that many trans and non-binary students have exactly that problem that people on the first day of class go through the roster and there is an assumed gender immediately ready for them which may not match at all what they self-identify with and i didn't have that problem i didn't have that on my radar Mm. and now i do and that's Mm. not because i wanted to hurt students it's just because i had no idea Mm. you know because it's not my experience and so there are a lot of those things that are sometimes they're really small things, sometimes they're large things, but we all come in with things where we're completely naive about what damage we do. And um, we can't know all of those things, of course. And so we will make mistakes. Um, But um, I think as teachers who are a little bit older and hopefully a little bit more experienced than our students, I think it's, it's our job to figure out many of these things. Mm-hmm. and then set up a space where we talk about some of those naive assumptions and maybe create a space where um, we don't hurt each other quite as much naively as we might otherwise. Um, so that's more the point. It's not that people set out to to do damage. Okay. No. Yeah. I, have,
2: I, I don't have this
1: on my radar too. <laughs> yeah, and in German, it's really difficult because there is really no agreed upon gender neutral pronoun there are a lot of such you know people are young <laughs> mm. so yeah <laughs> mm.
2: but it's interesting uh, it's what I, I i repeat what i said before uh, it's very very important i think for all teachers but especially in drama classes uh, to create an atmosphere of confidence and yeah the 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 students should feel as safe as possible. <laughs> mm. And we cannot assure everything. Mm. It's not possible to, to foresee everything that could happen. So many things can happen. But if things go wrong, we have, well, it, one thing is we have to admit that it was wrong and we have to work together to, to, to make it better. Mm. I think this is important.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree that community building and, and building trust between students and also between yeah. the students and the teachers is yeah. really crucial. And especially now that we're online, that is something that I've, I've been spending a lot of time on to figure out how do I actually build community mm-hmm. in my online classes and mm-hmm. with my mm-hmm. students individually when we don't see each other in person. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's really important. Yes,
0: and Izzy can probably hear. <laughs> the whole episode wasn't that easy for me because it was a topic I'm not too familiar with. But still, I hope that this was interesting for you. And I'm wrapping up this episode. If you are interested in maybe learning about what, what happened to Angus classes and how Celia uh, went on, if you're interested in a follow-up, <laughs> Let me know. (laughs) Um, I don't know, send me some feedback, uh, leave a comment. I'd be interested in in knowing. Um, And other than that, thank you for listening and hopefully, you soon again in another episode. Thank you.